0: Hello and welcome to The Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, August the 10th. MRI should no longer be regarded as an adjunct to mammography, but as a distinct method to detect breast cancer in its earliest stage. The quote from the cover of the August the 11th to the 17th issue of The Lancet. This week's podcast focuses on this important study showing how MRI will have an important future role in screening for cancer in the milk duct, ductal carcinoma in situ. But before that, a very brief look at some other items in this week's issue. The lead editorial is about medical education, as an international meeting of medical students draws to a close in Canterbury, UK. And I have to use this moment to plug our latest Lancet online initiative, thelancetstudent.com. This was launched at the conference and is a beta site for students. To learn more about The Lancet and to submit articles, comment on our student blog, listen to our student podcasts, And many other things besides. See www.thelancetstudent.com for more details. Back to the issue, we have research articles comparing aspirin and warfarin for stroke prevention in elderly people with atrial fibrillation. Warfarin coming out better than aspirin, and another research article, a phase three randomised trial, shows how sapropterin could be used in addition to or possibly even in place of, a strict diet to prevent mental retardation for people with phenylketonuria or PKU. We have a seminar on the importance of iron fortification and we continue our series on health and human rights profiled in last week's podcast. But back to our main feature, focused around the study assessing the value of MRI compared with conventional mammography for the detection of cancer in the milk duct known as ductal carcinoma in situ. Earlier I spoke to the lead author of the study, Christiana Kuhl, Professor of Radiology at the University of Bonn in Germany. Professor Cool, you're one of the authors of a study in this week's issue of The Lancet, and this is looking at MRI as a possible screening device for ductal carcinoma in situ. Before we go into the details of the paper, could you just very briefly please give a little overview of the history of mammography and other techniques for screening of breast cancer?
1: Mammography has been used as a screening tool for diagnosing breast cancer for years. It has been started as a screening tool back in the 1970s or so. Since then, there have been several prospective randomized screening trials that all concordantly document that mammography is very useful to diagnose breast cancer, in breast cancer in an early stage and also in its introductory stage. Usually, screening with mammography is started at age 50 for the latest. Some societies also recommend um, to start screening at age 40 and then at least until age 69, and on an annual or biannual mode.
0: This paper in question is looking specifically at ductal carcinoma in situ. Could you just describe the intraductal stage, what it is in relation to breast cancer?
1: Most breast cancers um, develop from the cells that build the inner lining of the milk ducts. And for some time after development, they stay within the milk ducts. That means they don't progress through the walls of the milk ducts into the breast tissue. As long as the cancer is confined to the milk duct lumen, it is not able to invade into blood vessels or lymphatics. And therefore, during this stage of breast cancer development, this so-called DCIS is not able to metastasize. In other words, although the cells themselves already look like cancer, Indeed, from a biological standpoint, from the standpoint of its host, the woman, this cancer is still a benign disease because it is easily treatable by resection. Once it has left the milk duct and invaded into the surrounding breast tissue, it can have access to lymphatics and blood vessels and then metastasize into the body, which means that once the cancer becomes an invasive cancer, the patient is endangered by metastases.
0: Indeed, hence it's really important that we have a powerful and sensitive screening device for the the detection of ductal carcinoma.
1: Yes, indeed. The reason is if you are able to diagnose breast cancer in its intraductal stage, then you actually avoid the development of invasive cancer. And therefore, you are almost doing some sort of preventive or, yeah, primary prevention. Usually with early diagnosis, there's only a loose correlation between the size of the cancer and the actual outcome of prognosis. In other words, if you are able to diagnose breast cancer in its intraductal stage, then uh, you're successful in avoiding the development of an actual and possibly life-threatening disease.
0: But presumably you knew before you started this study that mammography, mammographic screening, was limited in its ability to detect DCIS?
1: Well, actually the opposite is true. Until we did this study, it was generally held that mammography is very powerful in diagnosing DCIS. Before the advent of mammographic screening, only about two to three percent of all breast cancers came to diagnosis during their intraductal stage. After mammography had been used for screening, more than 20%, 20% of the breast cancers that are being diagnosed a day and that are picked up by screening are in uh, the intraductal stage. So it was even thought that maybe mammography overdiagnoses DCIS In other words, that we diagnose too many intraductal cancers, some of them would possibly never become a threat to a woman's life because they would not leave the ductal lumen but stay within the milk ducts and therefore never become, never would metastasize and would be a danger for a woman. So uh, it was commonly held that mammography is very powerful for diagnosing DCIS simply because mammography was the only way to diagnose DCIS. Mammography was the gold standard for DCIS diagnosis because usually with clinical examination, um, it is impossible to pick up um, breast cancer in that stage. Now that we increasingly see women whose DCIS is not visible by mammography, and that gave us, or there was in fact the incentive for us to use MRI prospectively to diagnose DCIS. There had been some studies that were comparing MRI with mammography, and these early studies came to the conclusion that MRI was not helpful to diagnose DCIS.
0: Clearly quite a lot of ambiguity around concerning the possible benefits of MRI uh, versus mammography. Could you briefly just comment on the methodology, therefore, how you set up this study? This is clearly it's an observational study. We're not talking randomized trial, are we, at this stage? Could you just comment briefly about the methodology, the patients involved, how you recruited them, that sort of thing?
1: This involves a breast center where women present for screening as well as for diagnostic workup. And we asked all women who, were, who presented themselves to participate in this study and undergo MRI in addition to mammography and ultrasound for screening and or staging or for diagnostic workup. This study is certainly not representative for a mass screening trial and it's not randomized but it will certainly be representative for a cohort that is typically seen in a larger breast center.
0: Can you just comment on the women themselves? Do they have similar age and menopausal status comparing women who received mammography and those who received MRI as well?
1: Our results show that uh, the DCIS that were identified only with MRI had the same age, the same menopausal status, the same risk profile, the same family history, the same history of uh, benign breast disease as the ones whose DCIS was only identified by mammography. This suggests that we have to expect that mammography will miss DCIS in a substantial number of women who would typically not undergo MRI. Usually today, MRI is only used for problem solving or for preoperative staging, or in women at an increased risk for breast cancer. In our study, however, we also included women with average risk who were just concerned about breast cancer and were happy to undergo an additional screening test.
0: But just to be clear, in terms of the key results of this study for women who received MRI, clearly showed greater sensitivity and specificity for DCIS compared with mammography?
1: That is true. The problem here is that there are two say unresolved issues. One is that certainly our um, center has substantial expertise regarding the interpretation of MRI studies. In other words, we read about the same number as MR cases as we read mammographies. And that is certainly not representative for rest centers all across world or which would typically to be expected on a community level. Then the other problem is that this is not a randomized trial and it's not a systematic mass screening trial. So as a next step, we would have to find out whether these results are reproducible on a mass screening level on women who would not present to a breast center for concern of breast cancer or whatever and see whether we would be able to obtain the same results.
0: And could you just quantify those results for our listeners in terms of the sensitivity of mammography compared with MRI in this study?
1: In our study, mammography detected only about fifty percent of DCIS, whereas MRI detected ninety-two percent of DCIS. We investigated a total of seven thousand, almost two hundred patients or women, and identified a total of one hundred and sixty-seven interductal cancers or women with intraductal cancers. Of those, MRI detected 92% and mammography, prospectively, only 56%. This is, of course, a significant difference. And as important as this overall result is the fact that, particularly for high-grade DCIS, MRI was more sensitive, or the sensitivity of MRI for diagnosing DCIS increased with increasing nuclear grade Whereas that of mammography decreased with increasing nuclear grade, and of course it is even more important to early diagnose high-grade DCIS because we know that high-grade DCIS tends to develop to tends to progress to invasive cancer more rapidly and more consistently than low-grade DCIS.
0: And just to sum up, and you've already touched on this. In terms of the interpretation of this study, as you say, this is not a randomized trial. And also, the results clearly depend very much on the ability of the, if you like, the infrastructure of the medical team and the radiology team to interpret the results. And MRI, as we know, is expensive as well. So we need to interpret these results with caution. It's not going to change clinical practice now. Presumably, the next steps are rolling this out into randomized trials so we get a, a, a fuller picture about the potential role of MRI.
1: Exactly. I think this this study, so to speak, corrects quite some misconceptions that have been held true for a long time. First, it has always been thought that MRI is unable to diagnose DCIS and the truth is it is able to diagnose DCIS and it's even more able to diagnose DCIS than mammography. And it's more able to diagnose high-grade DCIS and that is also plausible because we know that high-grade DCIS is associated with periodontal vessel infiltration, and that is the correlate of contrast enhancement that, that we observe with MRI. So indeed, MRI is more sensitive than mammography for diagnosing specifically high-grade DCIS. Then the other thing is it was always thought that if you use MRI in a non-selected group of women, in women without, say, increased risk for breast cancer or in women at average risk for breast cancer, that the specificity would be too low or the positive predictive uh, value would be too low and that he would cause too many false positive biopsies. And obviously, this is not the case, as our results show. The positive predictive biopsy rate was even higher for MRI than it was for mammography. And the third issue here is that, as it seems, it was always thought that MRI is only useful for women at increased risk for breast cancer and that still... Again, this seems not to be the case because in our cohort, there were a lot of women who had an average risk for breast cancer. We will now, as a next step, we will have to pursue by doing a prospective, possibly randomized study to find out whether MRI is indeed useful for screening women at average risk to identify high-grade DCIS. I think if it is agreeable that early diagnosis of breast cancer is important. And if it is agreeable that identifying high-grade DCIS comes close to primary prevention of breast cancer, then the conclusion is clear. Since we have evidence that mammography is only able to diagnose half of the actual high-grade DCIS, there's any reason to assume that if we use MRI for early diagnosis of breast cancer, that this should have an impact on patient um, or on the survival, breast cancer survival. That will, of course, be associated with a substantial financial investment. And that is more a political question or a societal question whether we as a society would like to invest that amount of money to prevent um, high-grade invasive breast cancer.
0: And that's a great question for another podcast, I think. Mm. Professor Kul, very grateful for your time. Thank you very much for talking to The Lancet.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Professor Christiana Kuhl concluding this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.